0: uh how are you
1: uh, i'm not doing too bad how are you yeah
0: not too bad can't complain can't complain i did have covid since we last chat chatted but mm. since we last chat okay. <laughs> <laughs> since we last spoke um uh, but over it now and how was it uh it was yeah, it was fairly fine fairly similar to having a bit of a uh, a cold whole family got it at like the exact same time more or less just everyone woke up one day and was sick Mm -hmm. I had a a weird sort of episode that lasted a couple of minutes, but besides that, yeah, it's just like having a cold. And this is well past, like,
1: Johannes had it long before the rest of you, right? Or was exposed to it, didn't have it? Yeah, potentially exposed to it, but who's to say if he came in contact with the actual virus? Right, okay. So do you have any kind of contact tracing to know, maybe where it originated in your case?
0: Well, like, no official contact tracing, but my dad had it the week before I did. So I suspect ah, okay. I got it from him But also about half a week before I came down with the symptoms uh, on, the, on the weekend The Saturday I was at a wedding And then the right. Sunday I was at uh, a racetrack with at least 10,000 people So who knows, could be either one of those things <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah,
1: at least it was fairly mild for you then
0: Yeah That seems to be the case at this point in time now yeah, it seems to be
1: more or less like uh, having a bad cold. Yeah, yeah, it went through uh, it went through my family, I don't know, a year ago. Um, and I, 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 at that point, I was vaccinated, but not yet boosted at that point. Um, and I don't even know for sure that I had it. I know that my daughter had it. She tested positive, and I was with her, so I just assumed I had it. But I never felt particularly ill the whole time. But you felt like you had something? Uh, hard to say. What, what's the opposite <laughs> of a placebo, where it's like, oh, man... Maybe I am sick because it's like I'm a little stuffy or my, my head hurts, which is not abnormal for me in my caffeine addiction. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you had a caffeine addiction. <laughs> <laughs> that That's something I've developed over the course of, of the last couple years. <laughs> Working from home means that I just have a refrigerator next to me and there's like always like a Diet Coke on my desk or something. It's like, oh, out of, out of my diet soda. I better go grab another one. And it's just <laughs> constantly... In taking caffeine all day, and the days that I miss it, I uh, notice immediately because my head will kill me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear! So. so hard to say. Could have been hypochondriac about it. Mm, yeah. I heard an interesting fact about hypochondria last night, actually. Okay. I, uh, in South Korea, mm-hmm. they have a really long life expectancy. And one of the theories as to why they do that is because they have a lot of hypochondria. One survey showed that only 30% of the population believes they are well at any one point. Actually, or was it the other way around? 30% believes they are sick at any one point. Uh, So there are a lot of doctor's visits and so they, they catch everything. As in they so the, the, the doctor spots anything that might be going wrong <laughs> in the early stages. And so, I think women live up to 91 as the life expectancy, which is incredible. Yeah, it, they just also me- measure age
1: differently. So, that's probably where that factor comes uh, from.
0: Did you listen to Fish as well? I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you got me hooked on that years ago. <laughs> this was last night's episode, though. I'm surprised that you've already <laughs> listened to it. Oh, I didn't realize it was that recent. I just got in the car today and hit play on my next up podcast.
0: I guess that I, makes sense. I, 12 hours ago, I'd say it was released. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. So, do you have some results from your adventures in this uh, iCloud PD? Uh, yeah, I do. So, I continued to use iCloud PD, which is the Python script to download your iCloud photo library, uh, and it finished. And mm-hmm. maybe someone's stolen my credentials. I don't know, <laughs> but I've changed them anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> as a, re- a responsible person. Um, but I did look for alternatives just so no one can say you told me to do this. So I did look for alternatives and I actually mm. came across something pretty cool. At privacy.apple.com, you can send all your photos from iCloud Photos to Google Photos using an Apple tool. So, if you wanted to make like a cloud backup or just have your cloud photos somewhere else and you didn't have the local storage for it all, uh, you could just utilize this Apple built feature to send them all to Google Photos. And obviously, you're going to have to pay for Google Photos as well if you've got more than a little bit of photos. Right, Um, And I also don't know if this is like a one-time deal or if you can use it to update photos. I don't know. Um, But yeah, good to know that option's there. Also, you can use uh, privacy.apple.com obviously just to download your photos as zip folders as well, (laughs) zip files uh, if you need to. Um, I did have a crack at that just thinking, oh, maybe this is a better solution than the Python script. Uh, But Mm -hmm. it does have some knobs on it such as it gives you your library in 25 gigabyte chunks and it doesn't seem particularly reliable. Like my connection, my internet connection is really good and I can download big files anytime, but apparently not from privacy.apple.com. You know, get to 12 gig and then time out and have to start again, that sort of nonsense. Uh, but the options there. Uh, okay, well,
1: good to know there's alternatives. Mm-hmm, yeah. I, I wonder if that's what the iCloud PD is doing. It's actually using that privacy.apple.com
0: downloader. I don't think so because the steps to get your photos out of that site is you have to make a request and that request doesn't get fulfilled for about a week. Um, So, you request your data, you tell it what size chunks you want and then you wait about seven days and Apple will send you another email and say, look, it's ready to go, ready to go and download and then you head over there and start downloading. So, yeah. I think iCloud PD is probably just using iCloud.com. Yeah. Okay. Much quicker, at least.
1: Well, how long did that run actually end up taking you when it was all said and done?
0: Quite a long time because I had over a terabyte of photos. Um, occasionally, I'd have to stop it because I was just, you know, carrying my laptop somewhere else, and it was actually I was actually downloading to a portable hard drive, so I wasn't leaving that connected. Uh, occasionally, it would just like lose its um or the process would just freeze or it would the the session uh authentication would time out and it wasn't able to resume it even though it it does have that feature built in and i saw it sometimes it did manage to resume itself but all in all probably a week to download that amount of photos but i didn't leave it running the whole time so hard to say how long it would have actually taken when it was running it did seem to be running fairly quickly so ultimately, the same amount of time it would have taken to request Apple to give you the download. Well, it would have taken the you know the waiting time from requesting it to being given the option of downloading. Right. Um, but then I'd have to go through the whole process of downloading over a terabyte in twenty-five gig chunks, uh, <laughs> and annoyingly, okay, fair enough. I wouldn't have been able to do it all at once because. You know how some sites like the download button isn't one you can right click and choose like download file as and then put it somewhere. It's one of those sites where the download buttons like some JavaScript that then spins around for a bit and then just chucks the file in your downloads folder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't a case was of just like clicking download 20 times and then waiting. Mm. Yeah. So it sounds like you still ended up with the best best choice then.
1: Besides the slight risk. Right. Best choice short of just buying a dedicated computer from storing those photos.
0: <laughs> you know, I was thinking I actually did have a computer that was able to do that not very long ago. And I, I just sold it. So that my parents there? finally got rid of their 2008 iMac and that had two terabytes of storage. So I could have just chucked it all on that. But Oh, yeah. yeah that I would have just, been fine. Yeah, it would have been fine. But then I would have had just an iMac sitting somewhere in the house, making me unhappy constantly. Really? I The more Macs I have in my house, the happier I get. Oh, the, 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 fewer, <laughs> the fewer of anything I can have, the happier I am. If it doesn't spark joy, throw it away, right? That's it. <laughs> Max, spark joy in me. Well, they do in me as well, but just not <laughs> not a wall full of old Macs. Uh,
1: what if they were the colorful new iMacs? You think you have to have one of every color. I would have to have one of every color.
0: Mm-hmm. Did uh, someone so, try uh, to buy a numerous iMacs on your Apple card? Is that what you've chucked in here fraudulent charges for? Uh,
1: not quite. Uh, I was I was out to dinner with a friend last weekend, uh, and while I was at dinner, I got notification on my phone, as I do whenever a purchase is made with my Apple Card. Uh, but the the transaction I was being notified of was uh, an over four hundred dollar purchase at a liquor store, uh, almost a thousand miles from my location.
0: <laughs> four hundred dollars at a liquor store—that's that's, that's uh-huh. a party,
1: right? So I got to try out uh, the Apple Card. Uh, fraud um, reporting system, which ended up being very, very straightforward. I got the notification. I tapped into it. There's just a button right there that says, I don't recognize this charge. Uh, when you tap that, it throws you into that uh, Apple business chat feature in iMessage uh, with what I assume is a Goldman Sachs representative at that point. And, and they asked me, they had, They really want to be sure it wasn't my charge. It was like, are you sure you don't recognize it? Are you sure you didn't give your card to someone? You know, did you tell your friends and family your card number? Um, but once I told them, no, I didn't do any of that. And it definitely wasn't me. Uh, they they said, okay. And it was immediately like flagged as fraudulent. And they changed my card number, uh, which is very painless since the Apple card doesn't have a number on it. So they didn't have to send me a new card or anything.
0: Right, right.
1: Uh, and it was that simple. And then later in the day, I got another charge for like $200 at a restaurant at a completely different place in the country. So clearly my card number had like gotten out online somewhere. Um Wait, when but, but was, this that was second the second charge? After you'd already reported it. Right. So so it showed up in the system as like, uh, you know, it was, it was declined because my card number had changed. But I could ah. see that people were still trying to use the old number. Gotcha. So I don't know how my card number got stolen. You wonder how? Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe a skimmer or something in our very old-fashioned swipe readers.
0: Yeah, that's the, the prime candidate for it. Right. It's just really neat that you don't have to get a new card posted out to you because there are no numbers on the physical card.
1: Right. Yeah. It saves me a bit of time and convenience. I was able to immediately use my new card number to pay for dinner right there at the dinner table. So it just works. It does. Except for the handful of subscriptions I realize I've accumulated over the years that were not directly through Apple Pay and I had to like key in my card number. I've been seeing those pop up occasionally for the last week. It's like, oh, you know, you have a declined charge. Uh, because your card number is different, I've had to go in and update those. But at least I get the notification about it.
0: Huh, okay, right. As in, you get the notification through the wallet app or th- from the service itself? Uh, generally both, but immediately from the wallet app. As soon as it declines the charge, I get a notification about it. Hmm, nice. That's also something you wouldn't get with a regular card. Right, yeah. So, uh, I've I've
1: also spent some more time in the last week uh, adding to my collection of HomeKit accessories uh, and have some, some new things to report on. Uh, I, I first of all, was able to upgrade my garage doors instead of buying new HomeKit compatible openers. I I found a product on Amazon that it basically connects to my existing opener in the place or alongside the the physical open button in my garage uh, and can be triggered through HomeKit to open or close the garage
0: door. So when you say opener, you're talking about the little motor that spins Right, yeah, the motor that raises and lowers the door. And what's the thing that you
1: bought? It's just a little white box that uh, wires into uh, across the same terminals as the push button in my garage to open and close the doors. Oh, uh, and it just got a relay in it, so like it pushes the button for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that, and it's got its own little sensor that goes on the door, so it can tell whether or not the door is open or closed. Ah, oh, nice. Um, yeah. And uh, so I got two of those and put them on both of my garage doors. And so far they've been great. I've got the HomeKit integration or the CarPlay integration. So when I drive up to the house, it shows up right on my, my screen and I can open or close my garage doors. Um, and it also works as uh, a way to notify me if someone opens and closes the, the door. I get a push notification whenever my garage doors are opened. Um, so I have things like my dad went to my house sometime in the last week to check on some of the progress of the rooms we were painting and i got a notification on my phone someone was opening my garage door and i was able to pull up my camera and see who it was
0: nice yeah sounds far I... easier than going and replacing the entire door or opener right yeah it was way easier
1: uh and there's a ton of of these little boxes on amazon these were like forty dollars a piece the one i got is uh well of course the delightful amazon names Smart Wi-Fi garage door opener compatible with Apple HomeKit, Siri, Alexa, and Google Assistant. No hub needed wireless remote control. Catchy. Um, uh-huh. Uh, the brand that, that sold this one is Refoss, R-E-F-O-S-S, but I've seen a whole handful of them on Amazon, and I think they're all basically the same. Um, Wait, let me just write your pronunciation on, uh, on that. <laughs> I can't say anything right on this podcast. <laughs> no. um, yeah, so, so that's been solid. Uh, what else did I get? I got a smart, uh, smoke and carbon monoxide detector for my house. Hmm. This is also a a home kit accessory. The one I got is made by OneLink, uh, and they make some pretty fancy ones, like all the way up to like have AirPlay built into them. Uh, but I really thought that I don't need an AirPlay speaker in my hallway that's like a cheap little mono speaker and I'll save a hundred bucks and get the one that's just the regular smoke alarm.
0: That's crazy. Wait, is it airplay one or two? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I assume
1: it's two,
0: but just cause it's newer, but I, I, I mean, suppose it hope, could be one. You'd hope it's two because if it's one, you can only play to one at that a time, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Airplay two is just like at least the whole house. Just like a two centimeter mono speaker in the hallway, blasting, blaring <laughs> out music. <laughs> So, yeah, this is another cool
1: accessory, though. Uh, kind of the same nature as the garage opener alert. This will, if if it detects smoke or carbon monoxide in my house while I'm away, I'll get the notification on my phone, and I can also tie it into uh, automations in the house. So if it detected smoke in the middle of the night, I could have it like turn on all my lights and unlock the doors so that we could get out quickly. Um, so another, and it talks, which is kind of neat. You put on a test rod, it says like, "Alert! Alert! Smoke in the hallway. Evacuate!" <laughs> Um, that's, uh, something that I hope I never actually need to use, but it's kind of cool to have now. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, uh, wired into the house. So I was I had, lucky enough to have a wired smoke detector already in my hallway so I could tap into that power and not need to worry about batteries. However often that would be. I think the only other accessory I got in the last couple of weeks is a, a Wemo stage scene controller. And this is just a little three button remote uh, that can be installed on the wall in place of a light switch. Mm-hmm. And I was looking to find something to control all the lights in my living room. Cause I have multiple lights and a ceiling fan with a light in it. And I'm expecting some kind of either a standalone lamp or another light on the wall or something. And I didn't want to have individual switches for all those. Nice. And this little Wemo remote lets you trigger home kit scenes with the button press. So I can set up a scene that's like all my lights on and then you can press that in place of light switch to turn my living room on and off
0: mm, nice right yeah
1: uh, that's not something i've set up yet because i'm still in the middle of getting my living room put together it doesn't have still needs to be painted and doesn't have carpet and the i did get a new ceiling fan put in there though i uh, ended up breaking and ordering another hunter simple connect fan uh, which actually also worked so now I am four for five setting up those ceiling fans and then pa- pairing and working. But still, that very first ceiling fan is absolutely refusing to connect to the network or its own app or HomeKit or anything.
0: Have you just thought about returning that one? Uh, Yeah, I'm, it's definitely on my mind.
1: It's just I've got so many other things going on. I need to actually like start a request with the Hunter people. And I'm sure they're going to troubleshoot it with me first. And so I have to go through that process and... Uh, It's it's in my guest room. So it's a room that I don't anticipate going in or carrying if the lights are on or off. So I'm kind of okay with it just being off and controlled with the wall switch and never worrying about it. Uh, Okay, but but maybe once I'm settled in, and I start getting annoyed by it, just knowing that it's in there not working, I'll uh, send a support request. And maybe they'll say, yeah, we'll replace it for you at that point.
0: Yeah, sounds fairly low priority. How's your uh, Linksys going?
1: Uh, it's been fine.
0: I know that I, when I first set it up, I had some issues with
1: the network existing, but not having internet access. So I was paired, but had no internet or connected. And that has not been an issue basically since the last time we talked. So I don't know if there was some firmware updates going on or what happened. Uh, but after basically a day or two of having the routers set up, they seem to be working just fine. Hmm, I haven't had the issues of lost internet again.
0: Hmm, Nice.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's about all I have to say about them. I don't have full full uh, idea of their performance or anything yet cuz i don't have my actual computer set up so it's just like oh yeah my phone works while i'm at the house <laughs>
0: um
1: but yeah i need to get the ethernet run in the house so that i can connect the uh all the mesh routers through uh what is it called a backhaul or something like that mm-hmm. uh so and <laughs> and uh, get some wired uh ethernet jacks installed in like my office and bedroom and stuff so i can not completely depend on wireless for all my machines Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's one of the many, many things on my to-do
0: list. Well, all part of moving house, I suppose, mm-hmm. especially when you're a bit nerdy, just a bit, just a touch. <laughs> you should run ethernet to every single classic Mac you've got on a shelf. Most of the Macs I have on display do not have ethernet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. What do they? Do they have like a, a coax for the network or just nothing?
1: Uh, Like some of them,
0: some of the ones like the Macintosh, like SE30
1: or Classic has basically an expansion card slot inside of them that you could add an Ethernet card to. Anything earlier than that, uh, it's got like a serial connector that I could potentially, you know, I'm sure there's hacky ways to to connect Ethernet to those, but it's not something I've ever really
0: looked into. Possibly not worth the time investment. Yeah. Yeah. they're, They're mostly to look at, not to play with. Yeah. Well, nice to have some updates from you on the HomeKit front. Yeah,
1: I'm sure they will continue as I continue putting my house together. <laughs>
0: sure, I should really get off my ass and start home kidifying. I mean, I I moved into a house that I own finally. What September? <laughs> and mm-hmm. what have I done so far? <clears throat> all I've done is not what? bring any of my home kid stuff from the previous place. <laughs> <laughs> and just you just had some like light bulbs or something, right? Yeah, I had a fairly extensive Philips Hue setup. I think nearly mm-hmm. everything was hue. Um, not at the previous place, if you remember, because there was such a variety of fittings and weird LED panels and stuff. But at the one before right. that, it was thoroughly hue-ified, hued. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, now I'm back to regu- regular uh, that Bayonet or uh, Edison fitting. So I could potentially look at that again. Uh, I, and you're, one and thing you're that's.
1: Manually flicking those light switches nowadays, I living am... in the Stone
0: Age. Manually flicking light switches. But the light switches are one of the reasons why I'm kind of hesitant to do anything. Because what I would want to do is to do it properly and replace the Mm -hmm. light switches with smart switches. Right. Because the annoying thing is with classic switches, you switch it off and you can't control them with your home kit anymore, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's a fairly expensive undertaking considering I'm not going to be doing it myself. I'll require an electrician here to do it for me. You could you could just bend the rules. I could bend the rules. I could. Um, I also have zero knowledge on uh, dealing with uh, anything electrical like that. So it'd be quite a learning well, experience. I'll get on a FaceTime call and coach you through it. <laughs> my biggest worry is that i would turn off the switch in the meter box like the main switch and then somehow the solar panels would electrocute me and oh
1: you have solar panels
0: yeah we got solar in maybe two months ago now
1: oh awesome
0: yeah so i guess i have smartified my home somewhat now we run off the sun uh, that's way cooler when it's up (laughs) yeah uh, such a difference you- to the power bill as well It's incredible over summer Do you have battery packs Or do you just rely
1: on uh, Like the city power at nighttime?
0: We just rely on the city power at nighttime. I'm not sure if battery packs would be A solid investment at the moment Because the three months over summer It mm-hmm. was one of the hottest summers In record And I think the hottest summer in my lifetime And so we were okay. just burning the aircon Like all the time uh, And everything else that you need to cool the house down and then the end of the three months, the bill came in at like 80 bucks. So I don't think a battery wow. would we would would recoup we would not recoup the cost of a battery uh, very quickly. Right.
1: Well, we'll see. Well, I guess where you are in the world, even winter, it never gets
0: too overcast, I imagine. Yeah, that's right. So you pretty much always have some sunlight. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see if there's much difference over winter. Well, that's very exciting. It's a huge update. I can't believe I'm just now hearing about it. I'm sure I brought it up on the podcast.
1: Are you sure it's the first oh, time? i I don't know. maybe maybe we have had this discussion before.
0: Well, I only just recently got my summer power bill at least, so that's news at least that yes, exactly <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. I suppose we have a little bit of Apple news to talk about. There are a few big things in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, a few big, a few small, a few in between. Uh, the first one I've stuck in there These are in no particular order But uh, Apple's planning on new colors for the AirPod Max Alongside an AirPods Pro 2 launch this fall uh, New colors for the AirPods Max Hooray Yeah, I hope they I hope
1: they get one of those pur- a purple shade I really like the purple they've used uh, for the, like the iPad Mini And I think the iPad Air got a purple this year as well But if mm-hmm. it hasn't, the, the anodized
0: purple I think is looks very good in general Yeah, sure I have heard uh, bits and pieces about the AirPods Max just being a fairly problematic device. Like People don't have um, a, bit, a, 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 um, a smooth experience with them. Uh, so, I don't know. I also don't really hear much about them in general. They don't seem to be very popular. I, I wonder how Dude. long they will continue to be a product in Apple's lineup. Ugh.
1: If, if they drop the price just a little bit, and maybe more than just a little bit, I think they're $550 currently, uh, If they could get close to like the $300 price point. I think that they would be
0: very competitive and do much better in that market. Yeah, they are head and shoulders above the comp- competition in price. Although you can't, there is no exact competitor when it comes, you know, feature for feature to the AirPods Max. So perhaps that's why Apple thinks they can just put this premium on top and still sell them right that's that's uh
1: seems to be apple's go-to strategies they they pick a product category then they add a bunch of features that people either do or don't really care about but use it to justify it being more expensive than every other product in
0: that category mm-hmm. more excitingly perhaps is uh, airpods pro getting a refresh i would love to have some airpods pro with a different sort of fit <laughs> a fit perhaps that fit my ears because Apple has released uh, quite a few devices, uh, AirPods devices, that, that simply mm-hmm. don't work with my ears. So, I'm uh, stuck on AirPods two or the you know the second gen of the regular AirPods uh, until Apple works something else out. Um, so, AirPods Pro don't fit. AirPods three don't fit. Uh, I even bought. I don't think I told you this, but I bought some Beats Fit Pro, which are a, a newish product as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't fit. So. <laughs> Well,
1: if these are the uh, rumored AirPods without the stems on them at all, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that'll be the solution to your problem.
0: That's kind of what the Beats Fit Pro. Wait, am I getting this name right? Beats Fit Pro sounds right. Yeah, so that's roughly what the Beats Fit Pro are. They have a stem, but it actually goes upwards instead of downwards. And I think it's mostly for the fit and not something that contains a battery. Um, but oh, okay. And that didn't okay, help did it. keep it in your ear. No, didn't help either. So. It really has to be uh, a rethinking of the bud, mm-hmm. which is potentially unlikely. But I will uh, live in hope. The uh, so the best fit you've had so far is the original AirPods. The original AirPods, the ones that look like they the the same design that used to have a cable running to the phone, but they just right. chopped the cable off and called them AirPods. And hey, they I are think think going to have a hard fit. time. You think just I to- am? Oh. I think I am too. Oh. All signs
1: point to them moving away from that design, not towards it, but we'll see. Uh,
0: I, I cannot think of any other features that would go in uh, AirPods Pro 2, though. Uh,
1: the lossless audio is something that's been rumored to be supported on those devices, both the refreshed Pro and the Max. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not completely sure how that would work. I know when the lossless audio was added to Apple Music, there was discussion about uh, Bluetooth not having enough bandwidth to support that. Mm -hmm. So it it could mean that they have some kind of new wireless protocol they're using to communicate with their devices or or there might be a new standard of Bluetooth I'm not aware of that's slightly higher bandwidth. I'm not sure. Um, But it, it certainly seems like that could be on the table if they can figure it out.
0: Yeah, I think there is a newer version of Bluetooth that allows for a higher quality playback, whether it's lossless or not. Okay. Yeah, I think there might be. Yeah, it just, I
1: don't know, that, a redesign, and whatever amount of improvement they can do to, like, the noise cancelling, of like, a Gen 2 of their transparency and, and noise isolation modes, and I think that'd be enough. AirPods Pro are old enough now, they came out in, like, 2019.
0: That's it. Yeah, it'd definitely due for an update. Uh, AirPods Pro are also similar to the AirPods Max, in, in that they're not that reliable, People seem to need to get them replaced like on a yearly basis uh, and, and that's continued to this day. If you look there through was, it. There was. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind they of develop, like a crackle yeah. and there's a program to get that fixed. Yeah.
1: I'm sure they will resolve that because that's not a new issue like that. Airpods Pro replacement program has been ongoing for over a year now, I think. Uh, so hopefully whatever fix was necessary there has been incorporated into the new design at this point. Surely. Well, how many years in a row did we say surely about the
0: butterfly keyboard? <laughs> <laughs> Um, just, I guess, while we're on audio and very briefly, uh, mm-hmm. but my HomePod original needs to restart like multiple times a week now. So I did not have high hopes for, uh, the longevity of that product. Oh no. What is, what's, what's the uh, symptoms? It could be anything. Uh, the most recent one was it would play 30 seconds of a song and then just stop. Um, uh, but a, a very common one is you would send audio to it and it just simply wouldn't play anything. Um, so yeah. Weird. I'm getting used to reaching under the table and pulling it out of the wall.
1: need to put it on a smart plug. We can like turn it off and back on
0: remotely. <laughs> then I could ask itself to restart itself. That'd be awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> wait, wait, would it would be able to turn itself off. but Would it be able to turn itself back on? Or it, probably, I'd have to ask another HomePod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I, I, I must be pretty lucky. I have not experienced any issues with my HomePods. They are all still working for me. Hope that continues. Yeah, because I have nothing to replace them
0: with. Uh, Just those totem poles of minis that we talked about once. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, The next article I chucked in there, I hoped to have more to talk about, but it turned out that I don't. But I'm going to bring it up anyway. Um, But someone (laughs) created a project for themselves to rank every game on Apple Arcade. So someone called Campbell Bird on 148apps.com has done this. And I started going through the list, and I got to like number four. Um, mm-hmm. And I've I've played a couple of them, but like I said, I had bigger aspirations for this project and for this talking point. But uh, oh, like you were going to play through all the games as well? Well, not all of them, but maybe the top 20, 25 at least. Okay. Uh, what I do have to say already is that I I I discovered that. You can't go through Apple Arcade on the App Store and just stumble across good games. It feels like the lists are always the same. Like the top games are always the same. and The top in the genre is always the same. Uh, But this list of apps from Campbell Bird uncovered uh, some gems already for me. Yeah, they need almost
1: like curation within Apple Arcade. The same way they have like just the general Today tab for the App Store. Uh, Because you're right. Um, I uh, have been led to believe that the Apple Arcade library just hasn't grown because every time I go into that tab, I see the same handful of apps and right. immediately click away.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, they should have that card view where it's, you know, every day that's surfacing something because the library seems fairly comprehensive, uh, and yet I had no idea. Right.
1: Oh, there's like a, is this a Minecraft clone, Pocket Build Plus? Oh, maybe maybe more like a Civilization game. I don't know. Yeah, there's all kinds of things on here that I wasn't aware of.
0: Uh, yep.
1: i've yet to find anything that really captures my interest for a long period of time i think mini motorway is still
0: it yeah mini motorway is the only one that really got me for any amount of time um right until they ruined the game mechanic wait what did they do uh, they created like a what i would call an artificial end game mechanic like you can have uh, a building you know spawning x amount of um I don't. I can't even remember the game that well. It's like, what's it spawning? Vehicles or no? Your vehicles have to visit the building to. I I I always
1: just pictured they were grocery stores and people were going to buy groceries.
0: Ah, I've pictured them as office blocks and people need to be driven home. Oh, okay. But anyway, a building can need so many visits from a vehicle for you know like 90% of the game, and then suddenly the vehicle, suddenly the building is requiring more visits. Well, I'm doing a really bad job at explaining this. It's like. They, uh, yeah i don't know it's like the game doesn't end the game would be never ending and then they couldn't they couldn't create logic besides just making it impossible to complete right yeah that
1: that's always okay. been my experience of the instant of the game is like the difficulty just continues to ramp up until it's literally impossible to beat and it's like oh i guess you lose yeah
0: but it doesn't ramp smoothly it's like easy 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 impossible right <laughs>
1: So they've, they've changed that, or are you saying that is the game-breaking mechanic?
0: Yeah, this changed from original launch. I did play it from day, I don't know, day one maybe, and it wasn't like that originally. Hmm. It was always like that for me, but maybe I was just bad at the game. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I was too. I <laughs> uh.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, it seems to be generally not a popular service, Apple Arcade Plus or Apple Arcade, um, at least on the subreddit. Uh, but I still maintain that it's it's very valuable as as a parent to have a whole bank of safe apps that are appropriate, without in-app purchases, without ads interrupting the kids' gameplay every every few minutes, and them's like, what's this? How do I close this? Because the X button is like hidden somewhere. Um, uh for that reason it's been great but it's not a service that i myself have visited anytime recently hmm, okay
0: actually i should use this opportunity to say that uh, a close friend of mine has released a game on the app store really okay what is it yeah it's called escape the living nebula uh free to play with with ads although they're quite sparse the ads and you can pay to unlock a couple of dollars play to pay to remove the ads um it is a game, uh, what do you call it, where, so you start with three ships and then you assign like the, the task to each one and then press go and then everything happens uh, and then you then have another turn of assigning tasks to all the ships to, you know, shoot down the enemy ships or it's a little uh, like 8-bit looking game. Uh, great soundtrack made by uh, someone on the team of two or three who did this, including my friend. So yeah, Escape the Living Nebula. Check it out.
1: Interesting. It's both on Steam and the App Store.
0: It is. Steam, uh, iOS App Store, Android. Uh, and I'm pushing him to give me a a mac app store version
1: oh yeah just check that box let it be played on the mac
0: well yeah and also it's he made it all in unity so he could just check a box in unity and deliver it to like a a native mac version which i actually have played when i was testing it on the mac so there's no reason he couldn't do it is this i think i i can i can play the ipad version on my mac oh really Oh, I'll let yeah.
1: him know. Cool. So I have it on the app store. It says designed for iPad, not verified for Mac OS, but it lets me get the game. Oh, it should be totally playable. Cool. Well, I will check it out at a time that I don't fear it's going to interrupt my recording if I launch it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so did this friend at all consider the possibility of putting it on Apple Arcade or what's that process like? Or,
0: You know, I did push him to do that, but he didn't end up looking down that path um i've already seen his sales stats on the app store and he's you know he's had a few sales i don't know what that would look like on apple arcade um right yeah that was never made clear with the actual
1: how the payments work
0: with that i did a little bit of research and it does seem to be like a, a playtime type share thing um, but yeah okay. I think everyone signed an ndr <laughs> on, yeah exactly on the specifics right um the ipod is dead Mm -hmm. long live the ipod touch or the ipod it is it's your turn to give a eulogy i failed at the last one what was your eulogy on uh that's
1: a great question we had a podcast titled a semi-prepared
0: eulogy but i do not remember what it was for (laughs) i know i gave it was it (laughs) was it for airport routers surely not no it was better than that gosh how could we not remember? It must be so obvious. Uh, air power. Air power. <laughs> Your baby <Yep>. air power. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was so excited um,
0: for that to exist. Unfortunately, I don't even have a semi prepared eulogy for the iPod. Um, iPod, we barely knew ye. Uh, so October 23, 2001 to May 10, 2022. I think, I mean, I could just give my experience with the iPod. I remember the first time I saw one, I was mm-hmm. in high school. It was mm-hmm. probably around 2001 because that would have been my second year of high school. Um, yeah, just just blown away by the device itself. Uh, longed for one. Never had a click wheel iPod myself, but uh, I was an original Shuffle and I think every Shuffle after that, except maybe the last uh, I owned and... I even loved the buttonless shuffle, which synced using the headphone jack. The one that was yes, basically that such a beautiful device. It was a clip; like the device was a clip, mm-hmm. and it you know, incredible. Uh, but uh, yeah, I loved it, it, the original shuffle because it was you know it was a flash drive. It was the form factor of a flash drive. You could remove the bottom cap, and it just mm-hmm. exposed a regular USB uh, plug to insert into the computer and you could attach a lanyard to that ah that's right i don't remember that you could attach a lanyard to it the lanyard attached to the cap didn't it
1: It no it, it was an alternative to the cap like the lanyard had its own cap on it and you'd take the one off and slide the lanyard attachment on instead mm, okay
0: um all the controls were on the thing itself and there are a few little incantations for navigating around playlists mm-hmm. i believe um one little cool feature is that you could, in iTunes, partition it. So, like, 50% was music and 50% was, would just appear to the computer as a flash drive for storage, which was neat. 50% of your 512 megabytes. <laughs> I, I thought I had a 2 gig shuffle. Could I be misremembering it?
1: That first generation, I think, was only in 5.12 and 1 gigabyte. I must have had the 1 gig then. I know you could get more in the later versions, Mm -hmm. like 2, and I think there was some special editions that had 4, but that was like it. Like that that beautiful buttonless mini or iPod shuffle you're talking about had a a very premium stainless steel variant that had four gigabytes.
0: There was a variant, was it? So what was the... the, So this is the third gen iPod shuffle we're talking about. So there were different variations of the, the material.
1: Yeah, they had special editions of most of their iPods, right? You had the black and red U2 iPods, or the ones they made in partnership with HP, or they had special colors of the shuffles generally. There was a gold second generation shuffle that was like done in partnership with some uh, perfume company and they are the only ones that sold the gold iPod shuffle. Uh, Avon. But Avon. Uh, but this third generation shuffle was this, it was just something you could buy right from Apple. It was like twice as much because the shuffles were always like $50. So this was a hundred dollar shuffle, but it was made of stainless steel and it was like reflective and beautiful. And I'm sure scratched like crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a very premium
0: one. Uh, actually, just on the Wikipedia page now for the iPod Shuffle, I did own the fourth gen as well. So, the fourth gen looked very much like the second gen, except uh, it was square instead of rectangle. So, basically, mm. the first gen was the long stick with the controls. The second gen was like a, a smaller rectangle with the controls. The third had no controls. And then fourth was just all the material you needed to house the controls and a clip on the back again. Right. Um, yeah, so... That was the history of the iPod Shuffle, which I've somehow turned this eulogy into.
1: <laughs> the first iPod I ever saw was the third generation with the, the row of buttons across the top uh, instead of on the click wheel, which uh, I guess because the first one I ever saw is still my favorite variant of the of the iPod. I have one that uh, on my shelves. Um, the first iPod I ever owned was the fifth generation classic iPod. Uh, which was the first one that had support for video playback. And so that was how I consumed all of my uh, video podcasts and and even done things like like watch YouTube, which I've talked about in the past because you used to be able to get YouTube videos as a podcast subscription. Mm-hmm. Um the very first Apple product I ever bought myself was the first generation iPod Touch. <laughs> uh and uh, I think it it was a great a great product for getting younger people into the Apple ecosystem and I think that still would have been so I'm disappointed to see that's going away entirely. Um but yeah, that was back when I was not so closely following Apple news. And I bought my first-generation iPod Touch in August 2008. Uh, so the second-generation came out less than a month later. And, and that was when I learned my lesson, that I've got to pay attention <laughs> to Apple's release cycles. Uh-huh. Um, because the second-generation had a speaker built in, and you could play games and hear it without having to have headphones. And I was so jealous. Oh. Uh, I actually have a friend who got the second-generation iPod like, for his birthday in November that year. And uh, I convinced him to trade me for my first-generation <laughs> Um, yeah, because the first generation could be jailbroken. And I'm like, oh, you want a jailbroken iPod? There's so much better. You can use uh, it wasn't City at the time; it was Installer, and you could use Installer to to modify it. And it's like, this is way better. You really want this one? And I'll take your your Chromie second gen.
0: You <laughs> conned your friend. <laughs> <laughs> he agreed. Did he ever did? He ever come back to you? Like, dude, this is a bad trade. <laughs> <laughs> there was
1: a time, uh, however many, many months later. When the second generation iPod was able to be jailbroken, he was like, all right, I'm ready to trade back now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and did you?
1: Yeah, of course. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was able to hold on to that for a small period of time. Uh, and then I bought every iPod and every iPod touch after that until I was buying iPhones. And then you know,
0: I stopped. So the, yeah, the iPod basically became an iPhone. Uh, and then the iPhone just ate the touches for ate the iPod for breakfast. Right. And that was the history of the iPod.
1: Through the history of the iPod through our eyes.
0: Yes, our eyes. Uh, this
1: makes sense. Uh, unfortunately, if they're not going to invest in updating the iPod either with a new design or even just throwing a new chip inside of the current design. Um, This screen size is gone now with the departure of the first iPhone SE. In terms of uh, iOS software updates this year, that'll be dropped. And then also this chipset, you know, could also be dropped this year if not on the verge of being dropped because this is the iPhone 7 chipset. So if Apple drops two generations with iOS this year instead of one, uh, this would also fall out of support.
0: Yeah, it's possible because we've gone, what, three years now without dropping uh, an older uh, processor. So, yeah. yeah, we could lose the 6S and the 7, and that would also mean the iPod Touch. So, I guess that Apple is just weighing up. Do we update the iPod, which we sell, like, probably, probably what any other company would be quite happy to sell an amount of any device. Right. <laughs> um but just such small fish for apple
1: i mean they still have they still have their niche right like there's there's plenty of shops i've gone into that use ipod touches as like mobile payment terminals or um using them for like guided audio tours and museums or or, or things like that like they have a niche that i guess can be filled with an old iphone but it's gonna be a way more expensive solution to the problem that the ipod touch was solving mm-hmm.
0: yep. and a heavier solution right yeah exactly so
1: I think, I think as far as children go, I'm disappointed cause I was looking forward to upgrading like Elizabeth's iPod touch at some point, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but she'll move up to an iPad mini, I guess. And it's not like she really takes it with her anywhere. If, if we're on the go and she has her iPod, it's cause we're like in a three hour car ride or something. And that iPad is even better in that situation anyway. Um, and by the time she actually needs a device that's pocketable and portable, that probably means she's at the age where I should be giving her a phone to carry or something anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess that's the iPod. Yeah,
1: it was It was a, a good run. It, it is, uh, was Apple's best selling device for a long time. And it, it's crazy to think about how it, it used to be like 75% of their profits and now it's gone. Wow, is it really that much? So we're probably talking pre-iPhone then yeah yeah like 2002 2002 like 2005 the ipod was like carrying apple
0: well i guess it's a sign of a healthy company that they were able to replace it with something that you know that that did what the ipod did and then uh much more you know they didn't try and protect that segment to try and drag those sales on for as long as possible they just kind of got on with the next thing yeah, yeah. Imagine if the iPod or the iPhone just couldn't play music. They're like, no, just buy an iPod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just something on Twitter this morning from Ming Chi Kuo. Is that uh, this is what his tweet said? Apple will launch a new version of Apple TV that improves cost structures <laughs> in 2h22. What does that mean again?
1: The second half of 2022.
0: Ah, second half of 2022. So the end of this year. What Uh, do you think improving the cost structure means? Does that mean making a cheaper device? I, yeah, this is weird. I hope they don't
1: just make a cheaper device to slot in under the existing Apple TV HD, because that is already way overpriced. What they need to do is just drop the price of everything like down a tier um, and make like a really premium Apple TV to sit in at the $200 uh, price point. The Apple TV 4K is at. like something made as kind of like a semi game console competitor or something like that. Uh, Because the only other thing I could see them doing is like making like a like an Amazon Fire Stick equivalent. It's like, hey, this just has Apple TV Plus on it. It can't play games because it's not powerful enough, but you Mm -hmm. can plug it in your TV And, and there's no need for that because every smart TV has the Apple TV plus app, you know, every Roku and fire stick and whatever, like you can already watch Apple TV plus on everything. So if Apple's making a hardware device, it better be able to do more than just that.
0: So they need to keep it as powerful as the current Apple TV to fulfill Mm -hmm. that, that segment then. And yet they need to make it cheaper. Yeah. Like I said, I
1: I want them to mm -hmm. drop the price of the existing products. And whether that means they put something in that top tier or not, uh, I think that's what makes the most sense.
0: Maybe they need to cut out some of the hardware features to be able to justify a lower price. Maybe if they made one that was more of a stick form factor, so mm-hmm. it wouldn't have a, a mains power port, it would normally just have a, like a USB power, it wouldn't have an Ethernet jack, it would just have like a, a male uh, HDMI port to plug straight into the TV. Uh, that would be thinning down or removing components from the current Apple TV and perhaps justify a lower cost. And if they just kept the, what's in it now, an A12? Uh, uh,
1: yes, I believe so, in the 4K?
0: I guess the question is, could USB power power an A12 and, uh, and what that needed to, to play some fairly intensive games on the Apple TV?
1: I mean, yes. We, we do know that USB power is enough because the A12 was in an iPhone that was powered by USB, right? Say what? A12 was in an iPhone
0: powered by USB. That's powered by a battery.
1: Okay, but if your battery was dead, you could plug your phone into
0: the wall and it would work. Uh, yeah, and that's powered by, by, by like a wall jack. I think you need to have a plan that someone is going to plug the usb into their tvs like usb usb one uh jack (laughs) to try and power this thing Uh, i think that's what the point of the usb power is on a lot of these sticks is that you can just power it with the tv which might just have like a diagnostic port for usb but still provides power okay
1: i thought we were just plugging this into the wall with a usb jack
0: and i'm sure a lot of people do that too that, that reminds
1: me of uh, just to slightly derail the conversation. Sure, there go was, ahead. There was there was a product um, announced this week that let you power existing Apple TVs via USB on your TV. Did you see that?
0: No. What?
1: Uh, I'm not gonna be able to find it now. I I saw it. I laughed at it, and I moved on. I didn't look into it enough. So this, this is a, it's a box that plugs into the, the, uh, Apple TV and then into, you know, the USB port on your television. And the way it works is I guess, apparently for some percentage of use cases, the USB power was enough to power the full Apple TV, but in situations where it wasn't enough, this box that you plugged in also had a 2000 milliamp hour battery in it, and it would provide that extra power and then recharge itself from the TV whenever you weren't using the Apple TV that's ridiculous
0: uh, uh-huh. i found it it's called the mission power cable <laughs> okay <laughs> you're right two thousand milliamp hour battery what if you never turned off your apple tv <laughs> it- right yeah exactly so uh-huh. yeah Who who is this product for like what situation do you have a tv plugged into power and have no further power available to plug into the apple tv
1: right yeah this is like cable management or something but you're already
0: running a wire
1: from your tv to power it's like one more hopefully can be hidden via whatever same channeling you're hiding this one wire if cable management's such a big deal to you
0: (laughs) what a product Uh and it's only 25 dollars oh well you may as well give it a crack then if it's gonna gonna do something for you
1: It's just going to make watching the TV worse because you have to worry about managing the battery of your television.
0: <laughs> All right, so they sell it as uh, perfect for wall-mounted TVs. Declutter your TV area. Eliminate the AC outlet. You still need an AC outlet. So anyway, that maybe that's how Apple will solve this problem. They'll put a battery in it. <laughs> uh, last up. Apple is reportedly testing iPhones with USB-C. But not for this year's iPhone, which is the most important fact to come out of this, uh, mm-hmm. but for next year's iPhone. Thoroughly disappointing. It's in fact making me rethink the entire iPhone purchase this year. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think well, this was worth of. throwing in the, in the show notes... Uh, because rumors have been swirling the last couple of days. It seems like every news source on the internet has picked up on this. So either they're all feeding off each other or all of their sources are saying the same thing. Probably more of the, the first than the second. But uh, uh, it seems like next year might finally be the year.
0: What is it about next year's iPhone that's going to make any sense? This year's iPhone is going to be the one that's recording 8K and it's got a 48 megapixel sensor and it's going to be generating huge, huge amounts of data and it already takes like a ridiculous amount of time to get ProRes video off the iPhone Mm -hmm. unless they put that USB 3.0 version of Lightning in this year's iPhone and then USB-C next year. But like... Uh,
1: Yeah, I'm wondering if that is it. Like maybe they're, maybe that's exactly what we're getting this year. And now that they've kind of got that design finalized and the phone's being built, they're testing out and they're saying, oh, you know, crud, this
0: still isn't fast enough. We've got to find another solution. Mm. Um, I don't know. It seems like, like a fairly early on in the development thing that you might test. Right. Yeah. My, my real gut feeling about this is that Apple has as we've said, you know,
1: for the last five years, really wanted to go portless with the iPhone. And so they've just been holding out for that. And this is them finally admitting it's like that's nowhere in the near future. We need a physical
0: connector and we're going to have to move to USB-C. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, just, yeah. I really hope that we get USB-C on this year's iPhone. It's long overdue. And there's you know pressure from various agencies about um, everything having USB-C right yeah exactly and it's really not something they should be pressured to do all of
1: their devices already have USB-C. it's just the iphone that's that's the holdout and the data transfer is way slower like they have no reason to be holding on to lightning anymore it's kind of ridiculous at this point mm-hmm. Yep. it does make me wonder if airpods max and airpods pro uh i wonder if they'll have lightning again this year or we'll see those move over to USB-C, because that would be a great early
0: indicator that iphone's finally going to switch over I wonder if we would see either of those products before the iPhone, though, or if it's just going to be a an iPhone event uh, alongside. Uh, I mean, if the rumors are true that we don't see this till next year, we'll have a lightning iPhone, but
1: maybe USB-C AirPods to indicate that you know, that's kind of the direction they're heading next year.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, though. I think they kind of want to move over together. Uh, yeah, potentially. Maybe they'll go full wireless. For the AirPods, do you mean? Yeah, those are great example of devices that don't really
1: need a physical charger.
0: Mm, yep. Well, I'm James VDM on Reddit and Twitter. And I'm JellyWoot on Reddit and Twitter. And you can find the show notes at reddit.com slash r slash bluebubblepod. So what did you think about IO last week? It looked like a, uh, a mishmash of the last five years of Apple keynotes. <laughs> just with Google branding on it <laughs> for a lot of the products. Right. What, what about you? I, I don't know. It, it came off weird, maybe desperate. I, I
1: don't, I don't understand. They're like, we're just gonna tell you about everything we're doing for the next year. You know, we're going to, we're going to show you some previews of our, our smartwatch and our phones that are coming out in six months, but also release a brand new phone right now. Like, how, like they said, the Pixel 6 was like their best selling phone ever. But they said, and Pixel 7's coming out in six months. It's like, okay, have you ever heard of the Osborne effect? Like that now you're not gonna sell any more Pixel Sixes. <laughs> um, and then just to
0: throw in there's like, yeah,
1: we're making a tablet next year.
0: Yeah, the tablet. Gosh, it looks like every other ugly Android tablet, I have to say. It's just right. oh, I mean I Android's don't know why in- Android tablets look so ugly next to iPads.
1: There have been a few exceptions, uh, but generally you're right. I think a couple of the Nexus devices looked okay, um, and the original, was it just called the Google Pixel, like the original tablet, the Pixel tablet, the one that was uh, that had like a keyboard accessory that you could plug into. Do you remember that? No, not at all. Uh anyway but yeah you're right generally they look pretty bad the pixel c that's what it was called
0: c is in the letter c or s e e yeah the letter c um the pixel watch at first glance looks pretty cool but as soon as i started showing stuff on screen i just those
1: bezels it's
0: oh the bezels (laughs) firstly it's a circle and secondly Mm -hmm. the bezels are huge The amount of data you actually get on the screen is just so small. It looks ridiculous. Right. Sure, when you're showing like an analog watch face, it looks great. But anything else is just... Exactly. Like you question the
1: decision that led to it. If the screen went edge to edge, uh, you could get a lot more data in there. And maybe the circle shape wouldn't be as big of a detractor. But when like literally half of the face is bezel, it's really obvious how bad a circle is for displaying
0: rectangular data. It only shows like two lines of text of any decent length before the bezel's already really cutting off your, your sentence length to mere words, like two or three words at most. Right. Um, they did have a great demo of AR glasses. Of course, this is just a product that's coming at some point in the future, something Google's mm-hmm. been working on for ages. But uh, I mean, they showed it like the really obvious and excellent use case of just having live transcription and translation. Of another language in front of your eyes as you're talking to someone uh, i think uh, I mm. yeah i think that's great i was just thinking like if i was going to solve the problem of of
1: language translation i would i would think that audio translation in your ear would be better than trying to read text in front of your face while someone's talking but i, I suppose it's either way could be beneficial
0: um yeah i was there anything else uh, there's a, a cool demo of uh, like scanning a supermarket shelf with your phone and then uh, everything is like all the products are picked out and then have like, ratings overlaid on each product. So a bit of augmented reality using a phone there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a neat demo. Uh, besides that, nothing else really jumped out at me.
1: Yeah. Some, some of these Google demos, um, they're, they're amazing in the, in the IO and we never really see them fully fleshed out. I'm trying to remember what the name of, uh, of this feature was, but was the Google Assistant could like call businesses and schedule appointments for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that looked awesome, but then I've never heard anything about it ever again in the last four mm-hmm. years that that's the theme right common theme right so it ends up feeling less like a, a promise of what's to come in the next year and more like uh you know this is things
0: we're thinking about for one day it's just a, a such a strong contrast to apple who are not going to tell you anything normally until something's basically ready to or already on its way to the apple store right i suppose and there are it- merits to each approach yeah yeah wait I guess it's a way to definitely show that you're still
1: innovating the way your company is thinking. I don't know. I just keep coming back to like, who's going to buy a Pixel 6 now that we already see what the Pixel 7 like. <laughs> but is, is there yeah. uh, mm-hmm. any, any updates on uh, the, the condition of your rental? Did you ever discover that?
0: Yes. Yeah, so uh, the inspection was on Tuesday uh, and Yasmin attended actually, not myself. Oh, okay. Um, doesn't look like any of the bond will, being re- will be returned, any of the deposit will be returned. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, the, the place was not left yeah, in a great state at all, including just rubbish, like on the verge, just dumped there and not disposed of. Mm, okay, sounds like they uh, were already aware that they weren't getting their, their bond back and decided to just not put any effort into cleaning up then. Yeah, could be the case. In fact, it doesn't even seem like the bond is going to cover all the work that needs to be done to get the place back to a, a lettable condition. Really? Mm. Do you anticipate that taking quite a bit of time then? Uh, hopefully not. I think a cleaner going through will do most of the work and then there are just a few bits and pieces after that. Uh, uh, such okay. as doors. <laughs> doors being <Right>. replaced. <laughs> okay. But but no like major, like you need to hire a contractor kind of work? Uh, we'll, we'll need a contractor to do the doors and maybe some gardening okay is that what you mean by a contractor well
1: uh yeah i i guess what i was thinking
0: was more like uh i need a wall replaced there's a hole through a wall or something oh okay no Um. (laughs) i mean there are holes in walls but just from nails and stuff not from fists or anything like that (laughs) So Actually, I think is... there might have been a hole in the ceiling. That might really? need someone to work on it. Just like a broom handle sized hole. Oh, okay. So, this is where the Australian rental customs come in. I'm not
1: familiar with. So, then do you send your your tenant like, a you know, these are things you need to remedy or is it a lost cause at this point? Like, how do you proceed from there?
0: You know, I'm not... I am fairly sure that they will be given the opportunity to resolve these things. But I okay. also just have someone managing it for me. So... Uh, I'm not 100% on the procedure.
1: Okay, so you're pretty hands-off on the whole process then.
0: Yeah. So, when I very first started, (laughs) uh, or when I very first bought the house, uh, I managed it all myself. And it didn't take long before I had a couple of bad experiences. And even once, I ended up in a courtroom with no idea what I was doing. uh, And got basically laughed out of the courtroom by the judge. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it, you know, it went in the tenants favor, even though they hadn't paid me rent for two months when I was like, well, I'm out of my depth. Uh, and plus it's like an hour drive away. So instead mm-hmm. of making like you know quarterly hour drives for inspections and... Right. I could just have all this off my shoulders for, you know, a little percentage of the rental income. Okay. And and I'm sure you're going to follow up and say, uh, we had
1: a very loyal listener in Safety Bay who was ready to fill that uh, tenancy for you, right?
0: <laughs> Surprisingly, no one has contacted me yet about really? their interest. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> No, the rental market here is hot as like no one has even been allowed in to look at the place yet because it's such bad shape. I've already got 30 applications for new tenants. Whoa. I know. (laughs) Yeah. There are no worries (laughs) on that front. All loyal listeners. Yeah. It wasn't even on the market and then they just (laughs) sent them via Reddit messages. Right. Exactly. Oh, wow. Well,
1: sounds like the market over there is very similar to how it is here then. I think so. I think so.